Hi, I'm Jamie Winkup. Hi, I'm Dick Johnson. Hi, I'm Garth Tander. You're listening to the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Parity is set. FPR changes its engineering. And we continue our chat with David Reynolds. Characters get to people in the game, people to watch. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. Find out what's going on in the world of V8 supercars with the V8 Insider. Here's the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Dick Johnson is looking for a financial saviour, reports last week following on from the speculation of the team's position. Johnson coming out to say that he will not go down without a serious fight. Parity testing has been completed at V8 Supercars with all four designs passing muster. The cars have been within 0.6 of a percent of each other in downforce. That's around two kilograms. The testing, which was completed at the Australian Air Force Base at East Sale, conducting drag and downforce tests. Engine parity has already been completed on dynos. The four cars have completed over 4,500 kilometres of testing with the Sydney Motorsport Park test day less than two weeks away and there's sure to be a lot of interest in the strengths and weaknesses of each design. Ford Performance Racing has announced a number of engineering changes at the start of the season. David Reynolds, who talks about the breakdown of his relationship with friend and engineer James Small... You know, just, we were probably expecting too much after that, after October... He'll now have Nathaniel Osborne by his side. Small moves to Mark Winterbottom while Alex Davison will work with Campbell Little. Will Davison and Grant McPherson have remained unchanged. You can hear more from David Reynolds on this week's White Flag Lab. Cam McConville has been announced as the new driver standards observer. McConville, who filled the seat for Thomas Mazera on a couple of occasions last year, has moved into the role full-time this season. McConville will now step away from his endurance driver commitments by taking up the position. Thomas Mazera will still be busy. He's a keen golfer and taking on the seniors tour. Many are wondering if the colourful Czechs English will be as appreciated on the links. It looks like the relationship between Erebus and Mercedes-Benz Australia is on the improve. The team owner, Betty Klaminko, announcing on social media that the team and the Australian distributor are now in a good place. It is still to be seen if that will lead to Mercedes-Benz Australia officially recognising the team as V8 Supercars has been seen as not the position Mercedes-Benz Australia wants the brand to be associated with. 
And finally, if you think Frosty had a target on his back when it comes to the championship and his competitors, well, now he's really wearing a target, announcing this week that he's secured a personal sponsorship with the retail chain. Up next on the V8 Insiders, it is Samantha Reed and Tony Shebecki, and we'll look at what is becoming a very interesting time in V8 supercars. But don't forget the latest edition of V8X magazine is now available. You can find out more about the car of the future, hear the Jason Bright story, and also find out about the Stone Brothers and Erebus marriage, along with a detailed feature on Nissan Motorsport. You can find it in stores or online through the mag store for the iPod edition. And that's the news for Nobrak Carbon Fibre products. Check out the entire range at www.nobrac.com.au. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Craig Lance. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from SEN's On The Grid, it's Tony Shebecki, Tony on the grid starting in two weeks time certainly is Craig next weekend we're back on Sunday morning straight after the test day and really looking forward to it what a massive year it's going to be in motorsport this year it is going to be an interesting one and everyone looking forward to that now joining us on the line Samantha Reed, and congratulations Samantha on your recent wedding which like all good racing uh, motor racing people was done as soon as the season concluded yeah, absolutely. That was a prerequisite, I think, uh, on both of our behalves. So busy with Car of the Future plans on our behalf. So caught in the middle of it, we thought we'd squeeze it in between Christmas and New Year's. Mm. Hey, I thought there was going to be Sam Reed, the premiership player for the Sydney Swans. Oh, sorry. Oh, don't be, you're not disappointed, are you? Not at all, Sam, answer. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Guys, Dick Johnson Racing, their troubles seem to be going from bad to worse. And unfortunately... It's looking down the barrel now from the reports we're getting out of Yatla that the cars will not be at Sydney Motorsport Park and are still very questionable for Clipsal, Tony. The, the loss of Dick Johnson, what does that mean? Yeah, it means a lot, I reckon, Craig. Uh, for those listeners that aren't au fait with the story, uh, Finance Easy owner Morris Pickering has pulled out of a deal he had with Dick Johnson and also Crimsafe Steve Brayback to effectively the three of them were going to finance Dick Johnson Racing. Uh, unfortunately for uh, for Morris, he just didn't couldn't get the right fit for his company and the uh, and uh, DJR. So that money's now been pulled out, which means that it leaves a gaping hole in the budget for DJR. What it means is that uh, Dick can go out and find another sponsor. Can he do that in the very immediate future? It's always going to be hard because there's not too many around at the moment. I think some teams have found that out over the last month or two. So, yeah, interesting. Look, let's just hope that we don't lose Dick Johnson Racing or Dick Johnson from V8 Supercars because it's an iconic name with the sport. Uh, at the moment, it's been able to be kept out of the uh, the press, I suppose, for the for the uh, the masses 
it's something that's uh, known in the, in the motor racing circles and the motor racing fans. But your general sports person probably doesn't know there's any issue at the moment. But should they not turn up to the grid at Clipsal especially, then uh, this will be a big story. Mm. Samantha, the the idea of Dick Johnson racing not being at the grid, not being on the track and not being part of V8 supercars, it, it does it will send a shockwave through the general casual fan. Yeah, absolutely. And not just the fan, I think it's going to affect a lot of the other teams that are operating at the moment. I think it's been a, quite a reality check coming into this season for quite a few of the teams looking at their budgets for this year. And, and I think it's, it's certainly encouraging these teams to, to work a bit smarter on their budgets and how they activate those sponsorship deals. It's certainly disappointing to see a team, you know, in the pinnacle of Australian motorsport, uh, in a position where they may not be able to fund uh, their season and certainly getting to the start of the season's one component, but it's also seeing out you know, it's a long drawn out season so uh, we hope to, to get them on the grid and, at Clipsal and, and more still I certainly hope to see them make it the whole way through the season and hopefully, you know, solidify pull things together and have a bigger crack for 2014. Mm. Hey guys, you know the one thing we do know though is that Dick Johnson's a survivor. We've seen it for so many years so many times Dick Johnson Racing's been written off and it's always come back as good if not better in its new form so that's the one thing that Dick has got in his advantage is that he's been through this situation before and he knows how to deal with it. Mm. The big thing is how many times can you go to the well? Oh, exactly right. It does dry up eventually. Mm. Guys, it's an interesting position because, uh, as you said, Tony, it's a story that has got a lot of traction in motorsport circles, but do you think the team has to fail before it gets widespread appeal and cuts through pre-season football and all the other things that are, take the attention of the casual observer. Yeah, I think it does, Craig, uh, at the moment. It, and because it's still innuendo and speculation, I suppose, at the moment, as to whether they will get a car out on the on the track for the season. So, yeah, look, it not only affects the public, I mean, it affects everyone. It affects the drivers of DJR. Will Steve Johnson lose his drive because Dick may have to bring in two paid drivers, guys who can bring money into the into the role and the like? So there's a lot of implications, not just based around, you know, is it the finale of DJR? But if it's not, how does DJR then set up from there? Mm. And, of course, Sam, it's also got implications on Fiori and the Fiori uh, family because one of their licences is tied to the Dick Johnson racing team at the moment and... If Dick can't get two cars to Clipsal, the $250,000 fine that goes along with it goes to the Fioris. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting scenario how that one's played out. I imagine the Fioris are pretty active in, in trying to find or help uh, Dick Johnson try and come up with a solution. Uh, as Tony mentioned, it, it may come down to the situation when we end up with paid drivers in the seat and... Whilst that's probably not something I personally would, would like to see, I think it's probably at least one way of keeping those two cars on the grid, which I think is important, you know. Two cars might not seem like a lot, but you take two cars off the grid and it starts to affect the racing, it starts to affect the number of spectators watching the sport, and it certainly affects the morale of everyone involved. So uh, let's hope that, you know, everyone starts to bandy together and and the supercar fraternity, and it's a lot wider than just that DJR uh, team, as we've sort of alluded to, can pull together and, and find a way of keeping not only DJR in the mix, but also some of our other teams that have probably found this transition to the new car of the future a little bit tough. 
Mm. Now, Dick, of course, has gone to V8 Supercars seeing if there's any way they can give assistance and they've basically said, no, we have to be separate to the entities that are the uh, rec holders, so they're unable to financially support Dick, so he really has to get out into the public and as we saw with a few interviews he gave across different media over the weekend, he's doing everything he can and, of course, he said, as I mentioned in the news, he's not going to go down without a fight. Well, Dick Johnson has certainly wore his heart on his sleeve for a long time, but uh, Betty Klemenko, the owner of Erebus Motorsport, she's become quite a cult figure in the motor racing circles, particularly with her social media, Sam, and it's interesting to see a team owner getting out amongst the public so openly, and, and her blog has, has been, well, full of very interesting differences, motor racing and life. Yeah, what a change to, to the media scene. To have uh, someone in Vert Supercars and someone, she's not just anyone, she's she started this new team, Arebus Motorsport, bringing Mercedes into V8 Supercars. It's huge, and yet she's she's opened her private life, her personal life, up onto to Facebook, and it certainly kept me interested. What's she got to say next? You know, there's posts coming several times a day, and they're pretty detailed. It's, it's something we've never seen in V8 Supercars before. It's something I think that's going to be good for V8 Supercars because she really is getting down to that average spectator that's out there and, and wants to know more. So it's she's revealed a bit on there as well. I think uh, it's certainly not just the spectators that are closely watching that uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, following that she's got, but also I think the media is watching. Uh, very recently in the last few days, we've heard a lot of speculation about the relationship with Mercedes. We know that that was sort of unofficially not the not the happiest of relationships at, at the start but Betty's come out and made a few comments to suggest that that relationship's certainly starting to improve which is which is great for the sport but it's it's just been so interesting watching what she's got to say and some of her big and and out there at time ideas and how she's going to implement them she's certainly taken a different take on the V8 supercars uh, scene and certainly one to watch in the future. Mm. Now, Tony, for you, who is used to a very quick news cycle, this sort of thing is very important for V8 supercars, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, Craig. It gets a message out there. I mean, social media now is just so big in, in sport itself. And look, a lot of the people in V8 supercars know how to use it to their advantage. Uh, there's no doubt Betty does. She's, uh, she's right up there and putting out the word that she wants to get out there. She's using Facebook to thank her staff for the work that they've been putting in and the work that they've done on these uh, GT3 cars for the Bathurst uh, 12 hours. It just looks absolutely spectacular with the black livery. Uh, Fantastic-looking cars. And their team's been working double time. I mean, all congratulations has to go to the team at Erebus and the team at Nissan for what they've achieved. But having said that, Nissan, the Nissan Motorsport guys have had 12 months to do it We've got cars now going on the track in a week's time from uh, Erebus with that uh, AMG backing to an extent, and these, they've only had three or four months to work on it. So all congratulations has to go to them and uh, the way she's led them. And I'll tell you what, guys, have you ever seen Pink and Betty in the same room together? <laughs> what are you suggesting, Tony? Uh, no, I'm just putting it out there. Okay. Guys, team launches are coming up very soon and, of course, Nissan Motorsport uh, kicking it off next Tuesday where we'll have 
two cars, the Jack Daniel cars, liveries revealed. We know that Todd and Rick will be driving those cars. And two other cars will be getting out onto the track. And, Samantha, I don't want to put you in an awkward position because you are entrenched in the uh, Kelly Racing Nissan Motorsport teams. But it is exciting for a lot of fans to see Nissan come back. And then, of course, the, the question which perhaps the casual observer don't know who's going to be driving those cars. Yeah, there's been uh, widespread, widespread speculation, I should say, over the drivers of those two cars. And it's been an interesting season. We've had a lot of announcements left really late. I think probably the worst-kept secrets in Bay Supercars in a long time. But until those announcements are formally made, then, you know, it, there's still a few seats that are up for grabs, not just the, the two seats uh, alongside Todd and Rick, but we've also got a, a couple of seats elsewhere that still yet to be to be filled. So... Interesting that all the teams have left them until this this last sort of run to the finish up to the test day. We're going to have uh, team launch after team launch, which sort of begs the question to me just how, you know, what the value in, in those is going to be. Are they just going to get lost on top of each other? You know, Nissan's been uh, interesting with the way they've uh, announced themselves into the sport. They've been a little bit more creative than what we've seen previously, which has been quite refreshing and certainly, I think, lifted the standard of, of what the teams are doing what lengths they're going to, certainly, to make these sorts of announcements. So I'm pretty keen to see what they come out with on Tuesday. Uh, and, and certainly we've late given a few teasers on the Red Bull side of things. We've got Casey Stoner's big launch coming up soon as well. So there's, there's lots happening in the next few weeks. Mm. Tony, what about the question Sam raises about will there be too much noise? More launches than a NASA uh, launching base at the moment. Uh, which they're not doing too much uh, space on the roof away, but gee, I thought that joke worked well in my head. It probably didn't work that well on uh, podcast. But anyway, let's uh, move on from that. You're right, uh, a lot of launches. F1 teams also bringing all their cars out as well. So we're really being inundated as a motorsport fan into all new liveries and new looks and, and the like. And there's a hell of a lot to take in. It's going to be good to see them all on track together and we'll be able to process it just a little bit more. But, yeah, that's going to be interesting. The Red Bull cars are going to look absolutely spectacular. One would think they've always got a great livery there. be great to see what the Jack Daniels cars look like. We sort of got a little bit of a hint of that Nissan Ultima look uh, at the official launch uh, of the... Of that program only a month or two ago. Now we're going to see it with the proper livery, not that red and black livery which was on there initially. So yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. If, you, if you're really into your motorsport, then the next few weeks and the couple of weeks that we've already had have uh, been good eye candy. Mm, well, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. Plenty more when we return. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Each week, find out what's going on in the world of V8 Supercars with the V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Samantha Reed from Nissan Motorsport and Tony Shebecki from SEN's On The Grid. And, of course, Tony, well, we can hear you weekdays reading the news on SEN along with a lot of live sport that you get out to, making crosses at press conferences and, and everything like that. You're probably the busiest man in that station. Enjoying a week off at the moment, Craig, and getting my batteries recharged for what uh, I expect to be 
a really busy season 2013 in sport here in Australia. Uh, so much footy, so much motor racing to go through, and uh, we've got the big 10-match Ashes series coming up in cricket, so there's going to be plenty to cover over the next uh, 12 months, and I'm really looking forward to getting my teeth into it. And uh, could I just make this mention to anyone? Could you please stop sending me SMSs about that NASA joke? Yes, I realised it was bad. As long as it doesn't turn up on on the bench, we're safe. Cam McConville, the new the new driver's standards observer, he's certainly going to have a different way about him than Thomas. Samantha, is that going to be good, bad, or indifferent? Yeah, it's a good question. Good, bad, uh, I think... Certainly got a different tack. There's no uh, no arguing that he's got a lot of experience. He's proved himself in a, in quite a few of the the up and coming categories, at Carrera Cup, Formula Ford, and the like in the past. So how he goes in supercars, he knows a lot of those guys. Whether that's going to make some of those decisions a bit harder for him, uh, yeah, good question. I think it's certainly a, a big decision on Cam's behalf. Just looking at him from a driving perspective, we know he's given up that full-time gig a while ago, but to give up his endurance drive as well, it's really taking that back seat uh, step and, and trying to excel at something. He's, as we said, he, he's done a good job with in that role in the past, but V8 Supercars tends to be a whole new level again. So I'm quite interested to see how that progresses. Mm. Now, the biggest... The biggest thing he's had to give up is the uh, second chair at SEN's race coverage because Cam has been a, a great, great colour man for you over the years. He has, you're right, uh, Craig. He's worked with us for a couple of uh, stints over uh, different coverages. Uh, actually, it was quite funny. I remember the time that we were down in Tassie, uh, what was that, two years ago, and uh, Cam was all set to commentate in the afternoon, but unfortunately had to go in and sit in Jason Bright's car uh, due to the fact that Jason uh, had that... Uh, accident and broke the ribs and the like so yeah that was that was quite funny i had to do the commentary myself i think we got someone else to fill in but anyway enough of that uh, cam's real advantage here guys is that he's had that apprenticeship he served that apprenticeship doing the uh, the carrera cup the formula ford the gt3 cup challenge so he knows what to look for he knows what he needs to to get his teeth into and uh yeah, look i think he'll i think he'll really succeed he loves his motorsport uh, the fact that he's got a good relationship with the drivers, I think, will be, you know, it could work to his advantage. And uh, the best way to sort of stop uh, having to, you know, hit your mates over the head with fines and the like is to make sure that they don't do anything stupid. Mm. But of course, the one thing that's good for sport is controversy. And we see with AFL, we see with NRL, having that Monday, Tuesday judiciary review and then appearances at the tribunal does help carry the sport through the week. Yeah, it does, and this probably won't be any different, Craig. Oh, look, as, I don't think we're going to get... We don't have too many incidents, do we? And, the, the fact, and Cam's main focus is primarily on the driving, isn't it? I mean, if guys hop out of the car and have a go at each other, which I think we should have more of, and maybe that should start by the guys down at Nissan Motorsport, uh, just get out there and have a go at people, Sam. <laughs> like Rick and uh, Stephen Richards a few years ago. <laughs> we hate robots. <laughs> Of course, one interesting thing whilst we're talking about getting fired up is how fired up is everyone at Nissan Motorsport after Craig Lowndes' taunt in the uh, in the online video from Red Bull? To be perfectly honest with you, Craig, I think those guys have been so busy with their heads under the bonnets of those Nissans that they'd be lucky to know whether it's uh, daylight or night time at the moment. So they've probably pushed it under the radar as, as quietly as they possibly can. But no doubt when they get a chance to to sit back and have a look, they'll 
be a bit of a friendly rivalry, among other things. Mm. Well, friendly rivalry is perhaps uh, between Samantha Reed and Scott Pye at the moment because an Adelaide boy has taken a potential seat off you, Samantha, getting in at Lucas Dumbrell Racing. Yeah, Scott's uh, been recently announced as the driver with Lucas Dumbrell, which is a huge thing. As you say, he's a fellow South Australian and uh, actually did a lot of karting with him growing up. So certainly familiar with Scott and he's worked really hard over, over the last many years to, to get to where he, he is in that position. And, you know, we've seen Scott. He's obviously got one of the, the best mentors in the sport backing him uh, in Roland Dane. And he's finding himself in, in a main game seat, which... Regardless of, you know, the Dumbrell uh, team has copped probably a little bit of criticism in the past for the, the ability of their cars and, you know, whether or not the team's uh, up to the level that probably the drivers would like them to be at. But I think with Car of the Future, it's going to put it on a much more level playing field. And the best thing for Scott is getting that regular miles. He's getting used to the sprint format, the endurance format, that mix, that constant uh, racing. And I think he's got good enough people behind him that'll... They'll be judging not only his performance, but the performance, his performance relative to where the team's at. And I think he, uh, he should end up in a pretty good position at the end of this year. Mm. Now, Tony, uh, what's your take on Scott moving up? Because if you ever you wanted to move into the main game, this is a time. Everything's, well, the tracks aren't, but everything else is new. And, and that's where I think Scott's got a major advantage. Unfortunately, and with all respect to Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport, their cars haven't been anywhere near as competitive as what you would like in the past couple of years that uh, the team's been together. So I hope for Scott that that doesn't sort of uh, give people a, a false impression of where he might add. Hopefully those guys at Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport have really picked up the game this year, and, you know, new cars and the like, and Scott's got an even package with everyone, and he can really show everyone exactly how he drives, because there's no doubt he is a good driver and a talented driver. I just, don't, I just hope that, you know, mechanical issues and the like don't sort of hold him back from showing that potential. Mm, until those uh, horrible, horrible stickers on the wings get, uh, sorry, on the uh, uh, on the rear view mirrors on each side of the car get removed, I don't think that team's going forward there, Tone. Not true. Good point. Yes. Uh, who likes Collingwood? That was the question. Not I. No one. Shane Van Gisbergen. Well, a lot of people might not like him anymore, Tony, because uh, he is perhaps reneged on a deal in as much as he said he wouldn't be racing V8 supercars this year. Ross Stone has come out and said, well, they're thinking about legal action. One, do you think they're going to take legal action? And two, do you think they should? No, I think they should. Do I think they will? I don't. No, unfortunately. I think they might just let this one slide past and uh, let everything bye-bye. Because, look, at the end of the day, there were clauses in uh, Shane's contract that allowed him to sort of get into a situation where he could get out of the contract and one was the change of manufacturer and the change of ownership to the team those clauses I believe were in his contract to allow an out so in a, in a way they've sort of uh, they, they triggered the whole sense SBR but at the same time I think Shane's really been handled badly by his management in regards to the advice that he's been given towards this his intentions in the very early days I remember at Winton when the story broke that Shane was uh, going to leave the sport and was just sick and tired of it and wanted to have a break it was never going to be a full retirement he just wanted a break from the sport uh, he went and had an eight week break at home and then realised that hang on this is what I really want to do so he's come back uh, a lot of people are shaking their heads thinking, what the hell has happened in the last three months here? Uh, I'd love to know the full story, the true story from someone. But uh, will they? No, 
should they? Yes, they should. Mm. Now, Samantha, for someone who's aspiring to get into the main game, first, what do you think when someone goes, oh, I can't handle it, I want to walk away, and then two months later turns around and says, I want back in? Yeah, look, my first impression was, was real sadness for, you know, what Shane came out and said sounded like it wasn't, it wasn't in a happy place and he wasn't enjoying it. And as you say, someone aspiring to that position, it's, you know, to think that they're not enjoying it, it's just unfathomable. And, you know, I thought it was a big loss for Vets, who becomes a massive loss for the fans. He, he's shown a huge potential, gained a lot of followers in the short time he was in the sport. So to see him walk away and for those sorts of reasons, it was, it was really difficult. But to be honest, I've, I'm... <laughs> similar to Tony, I'd love to know what the full story is because I'm completely baffled as to what has gone on. I, I, what, I don't even know what to say. You know, He's back in the sport. Yes, that's probably good for VX Supercars, but you know, there's so many questions and unfortunately there's, there's not enough answers. There's unlikely to be enough, many answers. I, I, would, I agree with Tony. I think it's highly unlikely that uh, any legal action will be taken. So Unfortunately, it's probably going to sit the way it is, but, uh, yeah, it's it's really bizarre situation. And to be, I'd just like to say I, I really hope we don't see that sort of thing happening again. Mm. Well, guys, I really appreciate you joining us on the show. And for those who uh, are listening to it, you might think it sounds more polished today, and that's because a, a technical glitch has forced these fine people to join us for a second time on the one day to do the show. So thank you very much, Tony Shebecki and Samantha Reid. My pleasure, Craig. And Sam, uh, just a quick question to you, if I might. On the official Sam Reid site, number 42, samanthareid.com.au, your calendar for 2013 is empty. What are you doing? A <laughs> very good question. I'll actually make my first track debut this weekend over in the at WA driving a 996 Porsche. Oh. So... Uh, back on track very soon which is great it's been uh, too long since we've been on track and hopefully uh, a few more stints in that over the course of the year and uh, hopefully we'll have some a bit more exciting news later on mm, perhaps next tuesday <laughs> we'll see how we go <laughs> all right samantha reed uh, thank you for joining us and the white flag lap is up next dave reynolds talks about his hopes for the future and some of the engineering things that happened in V8 supercars, particularly his relationship breaking down last year. I hope you'll stay with us. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Tony Delberto for listening to V8 Insiders. This week on the White Flag Lap, brought to you by Fujitsu, Australia's leading air. We continue our chat with Dave Reynolds. A lot of people have just loved the way David has been so open and honest and, well, extremely funny, particularly when they hear about press conferences. Over the last year, though, they didn't get to see the press conferences. They've only heard stories about what the press conferences have been like. I spoke to Dave about the Bathurst press conference in particular and does he remember the hilarity and 
What do people think about the way he carries on in those press conferences? Oh, mate, oh, every time I go on a press conference, I'm always on a high. So you're there for something good. And I've always, always got to play the character, don't I? But is it a character? I think that's just myself. It gets me in trouble most times, but I'm not too worried about it. People, oh. people tend, tend, tend to love it, so I, I get away with it murder almost. Ultimate. I don't swear, I don't, I don't, I'm not racist, I don't, I don't do anything you know, horribly wrong, I just see, see things in a different ways than most of the other guys in pit lane. Hmm. But that doesn't put you at odds with anyone? You're not having feuds with them because you're a different character? Um, oh, not, not really, not really, some people take the piss out of me, but this has been a bit different, so I don't care, that's just part of it. But isn't the most important thing about any sport is having characters? And if everyone is the same robotic uh, automaton, what's the difference in following one drive over or the other? Exactly. Characters gets people in the gate, gets people to watch. That's like me in the footy show. I don't really like football, but I watch the footy show because of Sam Newman, because he's a character. Have you had a chance to meet Sam? Yeah, I've done a drive day with him in, uh, when I was working for HSV in like 2007. Um, yeah, he was a good bloke, different to what he is on TV. That's the thing, isn't it? He switches it on when he knows he needs it. Yeah, he can play it, he can act when he wants to. So can I a little bit, you know, I'm not always that energetic and say stupid things. Maybe I do, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> one, one story that I know that you would have looked at with interest is Shane Van Gisbergen's quitting the sport to get away from all the pressures and now he's back a number of the other drivers have uh, have thought this is a bit weird what's been your take yeah. on it um well i don't i don't really know shane that well but if you you know if you look at look at the timeline to when he quit to when he resigned and his reasons and you look at the team changing ownership and manufacturer he probably just wanted it out of his contract. He just probably told, you know, he might have been a bit depressed, but he's 23, getting paid half a million dollars a year. I don't think he's depressed. I think he just wanted it out. Obviously, he's got a, an opportunity now where he can do four or five different types of racing throughout the year. Is that yep. something that you would like to have the opportunity to do, or do you find you just need to focus in on one thing only? I've done that. I've, I've raced many different categories over the, over the same year, and it's hard work. It takes the idea. Um, you know, my job is just I get paid well to just race for supercars, and that's all I really want to do. I'm not trying to think about anything else. Not trying to do anything else. It's just solely focus on my job. You've worked for the factory Ford team. You ran with Walkinshaw Racing and worked at Holden. Is there a big difference in culture between Ford and Holden? Well, it's hard for me to judge because I spent a, like I spent four years working for HSB, um, and you know I don't I don't really have much to do with the Ford people as such, so it's hard for me to comment. Um, HSB was. You know, they're still my friends today. I still catch up with them every now and again. And, and the people at Ford seem very, seem a lot more corporate type type of people. Um, 
it's hard, it's hard for me to say, really. Mm. I, I know if the fans are a bit different over the Ford side. And what's that? What's the difference? talk to you and they're interested in you where most of the Holden blokes when I was at, at Holden I wasn't a really big name when I was racing Holden I was sort of when it when it walked around unnoticed and most of the Ford people tend to know who you are and what have you done come from here come from there they seem to be more passionate about the sport do you think with Nissan fans and Mercedes fans turning up at the track is going to help the series um, ultimately, yeah, you know, it's a different different source of income they can tap into, different different markets. You know, it's, it's got a lot of positives, yet it's also got some negatives too, but I don't know, pros outweigh the cons, don't they? It's hard for me to judge. I'm not, I'm just a driver, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to comment on the, um, what uh, should uh, be uh, doing or not be doing. You're at the beginning, heading towards the middle of your career, though. Do you know how you want to build on what you're at now and where you want to finish up? Yeah, of course I do. And are you going to tell me? I've got... I, I don't really set many goals, um, but I know what I have to do and what I've got to do. And I've just got to stay focused. Um, you know, right now I'm just doing a lot of training, getting ready for the year. No, I can't let that training, once once my training slides and I stop doing it, you know, my mental stops, it slides as well. And I can't, can't do the job. Like towards the end of the year, I started to lose a lot of focus because I wasn't training as much. And, you know, I had that good result at Bathurst and I thought it would just keep going on and on, but it didn't. It, it sort of, I went backwards after that, after a really good result. Um, and my, I had a falling out with my engineer and, you know, just we were probably expecting too much after that, after October. So it made the last couple of rounds quite challenging. How are you going to rebuild an engineering relationship? Well, James has been my mate for a long time, you know. You wake up the next day and you forgot about it it's like a brother. <laughs> it's easy. But it, it's one of those things that a driver is going to be of one temperament and an engineer is going to be of another temperament. So naturally enough you're going to clash, even though we know he is a racer in, in himself. You'd think so, but no, he's quite good now. He doesn't have, he knows, he's, he knows he's a job as an engineer, he's not a driver anymore. But it's good having that knowledge that he, he knows what, what I'm feeling. And when I, when I say something, he knows what to do. He knows what it feels like. So with his smarts, you know, it's, he's a brilliant engineer. It's good having him in the team, really. It's a long season, though. How can you keep yourself at a, for 11 months at peak physical condition? It's a long season. Like you said, it's 10 months or something. Um, but there are, you know, there are big breaks in between. Um, the races do take it out here, but this year it's getting a bit different because there's a bit more sprint races. They're not long-distance ones. So it's going to be probably might be easier. Never know. With no... Gold Coast, Abu Dhabi, back-to-back. Physically, that's going to be easier. But is it disappointing to lose a round like that? Um, yeah, it's disappointing. There's not much I can do about it. At least I, I love going there. It's a love, you know, you spend a couple of days in Dubai, like around, you know, racing one of the best circuits in the world. Um, the facility's out of control. 
ball massively, but this last year we got shafted a bit by F1 um, with track time and you know and everything. Our lane was different and everything else. You just bore a cousin when you go there. So you know it's 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 a shame, but you know I'm pretty sure they'll find something else. Mm. How are you going to learn the circuit of the Americas? It only takes a few laps to learn a circuit. Normally took me a few more than a few. You've got a paid professional. <laughs> My job too. The good thing is no one's been there yet, so everyone's in the same boat. Mm. Dave, always a pleasure to catch up with you, and we look forward to seeing you. Well, we look forward to seeing the new look car at the test day, and then the battle starts in Clipsal. David Reynolds joining us there on the White Flag Lab. My thanks once again to Tony Shebecki and Samantha Reid for both takes of the roundtable. Until next time round, as the checkered flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.